0: Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. We want to know what you think about our podcast. You've been listening to me for almost three years now, and I want to hear from you. I have some very specific questions, including what you like about our podcast and where we should be going next. The important part is I really want your opinion. I'm looking to connect with 50 listeners from no more than 10 minutes who are willing to share your thoughts. It's simple to sign up, Go to urbanfarm.org and look at the top menu. Sign up there. I look forward to chatting. I have said it many times, I am a lifelong learner and I'm excited to let you know about a unique global online event made just for those of us who want to grow our own food. In this four-day online learning opportunity, a collection of visionary growers, gardeners, permaculturists, and homesteaders share garden hacks, slow tools, gadgets, and gardening technologies. Join tens of thousands of budding growers and learn how to save time, energy, and money while doing what you love most, growing your own food and medicine. Visit urbanfarm.org forward slash gardenhacked to register for this free online summit. Today on our podcast, we have someone who is actively teaching through growing food. We're talking with Lenita Perry about garden-based education. Lenita is a special education teacher at Irving Elementary in Cleburne, Texas, and teaches in the preschool program for children with disabilities. She's very excited about garden-based education and the opportunities it gives her students to learn across all academics in every grade. Her school garden is funded through grants, so she is able to work with teachers and students students to create their own gardens welcome to the show today lanita are you ready to rock your school garden
1: you bet greg thank you for having me
0: excellent and absolutely so i shared a bit about you can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at today
1: Yes. I grew up gardening all my life. We lived on a little over an acre and we always had a garden every spring. It was very natural for me to garden. And so when I came to the schools and they said they were starting a garden, I wanted to share all that information and I was very excited about it.
0: Cool. Are you a teacher there at the school then?
1: Yes, I am a teacher.
0: And what topics do you cover outside of gardening?
1: I teach preschool program for children with disabilities. So my students come into my room the day they turn three years old and I will have them until they go into pre-K at four years old. And so it gives them an opportunity to get ahead or get caught up with everyone else at their age level.
0: So tell me about your garden.
1: Our garden here at the school is raised beds. It is six raised beds and they are four by eight feet and they're about 12 inches deep and we have them kind of set in a semicircle out in the yard and we were able to put the garden really close to the building so we could access water there and the students and the teachers see it when they leave the building.
0: Nice. And what kind of reactions are you getting from the students as you're, you know, walking them through growing their own food?
1: Well, the students get really excited. They love being outside. They love putting their hands in the dirt. I've even had students that give up their recess time to move mulch in the garden. They love to see things grow. They love to anticipate the growing. So it's something that they really like.
0: And have you found that their interactions with the food they grow is different than if they didn't grow it?
1: Yes, I do. For one thing, fresh vegetables taste different than store-bought vegetables. So a lot of times they're really surprised at how much better the food tastes. Then, of course, they know how much work they put into the food to grow it from the seed or from the potato eye or whatever they're growing. And so it makes a big difference for them when they're like, hey, you know, I did this. It's great.
0: So how long have you been doing this?
1: I've been doing this 4 years.
0: So you've had 4 cohorts then of children come through your classroom.
1: That's correct. And I work with the entire school. I don't just work with my classroom.
0: How does that work?
1: What I usually typically do is say, I'll send out an email and say, teachers, it's time to plant onions and potatoes. Who would like to do that? And so I'll have the teacher send me email and say, we can do it and we'll make a day of when we can do it and schedule that. And I'll go into the garden with that class and I will give the lesson for the teacher. And what's really fun is most of the time the teachers are really surprised at how much math is involved with gardening students are in the garden they go back in the classroom when they have writing class they want to write about their experience in the garden they're drawing pictures of the plants they're planting and the flowers they're planting and so it's really exciting and i think the teachers are surprised a lot of times at how much the kids like it and at how much it applies to their academics
0: oh yeah we were recently getting a construction job done here at the urban farm and i was working in the front yard where i grow a lot of our food and the guys you know these construction workers were in front of the house and they were talking math you know they had to figure out the math how to do a project and when you really look at all that we do you know the construction work that we do when you build the garden beds when you're planting there's a lot of math and science involved in this and you've obviously found that absolutely yes So how does the math show up in the garden for them?
1: So when the students are out in the garden, we do a type of gardening called square foot gardening. And this is something you can look up online, but there's also books out there on square foot gardening. So the students have a yardstick out there and they're having to measure every 12 inches in the garden and they make a grid. They measure one way, then they measure the other way. And then for the type of seed that they're growing, they have to look at the back of that seed packet and figure out how deep that seed needs to be, And that needs to be measured. They need to figure out how many seeds are within one square foot. And that a little bit of math is involved there. Mm -hmm. And so all of this has to come into consideration in order for the plants to have room to grow where they need to be growing. And next to plants that are compatible with them.
0: Nice. I can only imagine that there has been one or two students out there that came into your garden and they just touched your heart by something that happened. Do you have one of those?
1: Oh, absolutely. When I help the children grow potatoes, the first thing I tell them when they're sitting there in front of me is I ask them the question, did you know potatoes have eyes? Of course, they're like, oh, no. You know, they're like, whoa, I didn't know that. And depending on their age, you know, they react differently. But we have one little girl that was like, oh, wow, no, I didn't know that. So she helped plant the potatoes. We waited for them to grow. We watered them and everything. When it came to digging the potatoes, it was like finding Easter eggs for these kids. Mm. They were like, oh, well, you know, they dig and they'd find one and they kept every bit of them, even the T-tiniest ones. They wouldn't throw the babies away. They kept those too. But they just the look on their faces when they found each potato was priceless.
0: Yeah. I got engaged in gardening, you know, when I was 10 11 12 and once that happens for me i'm 57 now for me it sparked a lifetime of exploration in the garden have you seen that while you're engaging you know your entire school in this
1: it's hard for me to see you know several years of growth for a student like that. But there are a lot of students that are very interested in the garden. There's some that don't have that big of an interest in it, but there's some that really want to get out there. Like I was telling you about the boys that wanted to move the mulch. They want to get out there and they want to do something Mm -hmm. in the garden all the time.
0: Nice. So this Gardening program kind of came to you in a roundabout way. I believe it started with Lori Rose. We had her on episode 272 of the Urban Farm podcast. Can you tell us how it your garden came to be?
1: Yes, I can. Lori Rose gave a presentation at our school trying to encourage us to have a garden at our school. And so her husband, Dallas Rose, built the garden beds and they had them delivered. And so the both of them came on garden day. We have a planting day where we set up the whole garden and put the dirt in the beds and have planting and each grade level comes out on a schedule. And she was very involved in helping me to set up that schedule and encouraging all of us to get out there and get in the garden. The kids are going to love it. She gave us websites of curriculum by grade level by subject that has actual lesson plans for the garden and so she supplied all of that plus she writes our grants for our gardens as well.
0: Cool. So what kind of obstacles have you run into while implementing your gardening program there at the school?
1: A big obstacle is scheduling because I'm trying to get the teachers and the students in the garden when I can go to the garden and also weather permitting in the garden. So some of it is scheduling, some of it's having the money to do what we need to do. And I have had some teachers purchase some things for the garden when the money hasn't come through. Other than that, you know, having an interest in the garden, you know, I have some teachers that have never brought their kids out to the garden and I have some that bring theirs out three days a week. Mm -hmm. So striking that interest interest in the garden is can be difficult as well.
0: Yeah. So you haven't run into any resistance from anybody in actually getting this thing started. It's more logistical things like where do you get seeds at?
1: That's correct.
0: Perfect. And what are some of the successes that you've had?
1: So on grandparents day, we had had a very wet summer that year. We had planted some fall gardens, but we also had some plants from the summer that produced a lot of things like herbs and tomatoes in the fall. And so on Grandparents Day, we invited the grandparents to visit the garden. We had a table set up with our vegetables and had a fundraiser and sold vegetables from the garden to the parents and also had recipes available that they could use some of the herbs and things with. So that was really nice. I think the grandparents truly appreciated the garden area. The kids had fun taking them out, showing them things that they had grown in the garden.
0: And once again, you're engaging the community. Yes. I think that's a big piece of why I garden is to engage people. You know, like when you have a party at, at a house, where do people end up? They end up in the kitchen around the food. I think we've just taken the party outside, don't you? Yeah, I do. What does that look like on gardening day?
1: On gardening day, we basically have each class scheduled, each grade level scheduled to come out into the garden. And so I might have teachers ask me, well, what are we going to plant? And I will tell them not every classroom will be able to plant because gardening is a step-by-step thing that you have to do when you're out in the garden. So the pre-K children, I can get about 12 of them around the garden and they just bend over and kind of pull the mulch to the side to get the bed ready for new plants to go in. So that was their part was pulling the mulch to the side. And so, and we talked about the garden with them and things. And then the next level or the next grade level or several grade levels might come out and actually do the planting. And then the next grade levels might come out and do the watering. So it's a step by step step project that everyone is able to contribute to, but they may not all get to plant in the garden.
0: But I'll bet they all get to harvest.
1: They do. And what's fun is, like, we planted a lot of broccoli. One of the things that we initially started the garden, we would plant, like, two or three plants of one vegetable, like tomatoes. Well, it's hard for all of the school to eat part of a tomato that's been grown in the garden. So what I decided to do the following fall was have two gardens that just had broccoli in them, and that's all they had. hmm And then the kids harvested the broccoli. And then we set up a table in the cafeteria. We had ranch dressing. They had broccoli with their lunch. And so every student was able to try some of the broccoli from the garden.
0: Excellent.
1: Yes, I found that to be the best way for them to experience what they've grown and what it tastes like and see the fruitation of what they've done.
0: That's a big piece of it that you don't even think about until you go out and experience it. And that is if you plant two or three broccolis, it doesn't go very far.
1: That's exactly right.
0: Yeah, well, and I love that you, you know, harvested it and took it into the cafeteria and fed them.
1: Yes, we set up a table that had had a sign on it from the garden and, you know, the kids loved it. The teachers helped them get their vegetables and everything and the teachers tried it.
0: Yeah. What was the buzz like about that when it was happening? I mean, that must have been sweet.
1: It was. It was really fun. The kids were like, wow, this is from the garden. They didn't really understand that it was going to be in there until the day. So when they came into the cafeteria, they found the vegetables that they had grown. So I have a couple of quotes from kids if you would like to hear some quotes
0: bring it on.
1: So we have Matthew in third grade. He says, my favorite thing about the garden is learning how to plant and water. To me, it is a fun thing to do. Then we have Trent. In second grade, I know that gardens need water so vegetables can grow. So this is something he learned when he was in the garden.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then we have Tate also in second grade. The vegetables are so good, especially the peppers. You know, sometimes they say some surprising things. They might not even know if pepper was good until they tried it.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: that's always fun. Yeah. Then we have, let's see, Emily in grade third grade. Growing fruits and vegetables is important because if you don't, all we'll have to eat is protein, dairy, and junk food.
0: (laughs) That's a smart one for a third (laughs) grader, huh?
1: Absolutely, yes. So it's a lot of fun to see them get excited.
0: Yeah. How does that make you feel when you start reading those?
1: Well, it's rewarding because they're getting excited about the garden. And I have a big passion for gardening myself. And so seeing their excitement and a lot of times the excitement in the children will be transferred to the teachers and the teachers will get excited. And it works the other way too. The teachers can get excited and they'll pass that down to the kids as well. And so it's fun to see them get excited in the garden and you tell them they're going to the garden for about an hour and they, Mm -hmm. yay, you know, it's fun.
0: Yeah. Wow. That is very sweet. Thank you for sharing those stories with us.
1: Oh, my pleasure.
0: So I'm going to shift on you and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure and what you might've learned from it.
1: Okay. So a time that I'm not sure I would call it a failure because when you garden, you're always trying things and then if they don't work, you try something else. And so when we had our first garden, we had different gardens. If you look it up online, you can look up names for different gardens, like a rainbow garden. One garden could be, and I'm talking about individual, the boxes uh-huh. raised. You can do a Mr. McGregor's garden, a chili garden, the herb garden. There's all kinds of them, a literacy garden, Native American, international garden, alphabet garden. And so... In doing that, you are planting just a little bit of each thing. And so it's kind of hard. If that one thing doesn't grow, then you don't have that part of the project that you're working on, okay? Does that make sense?
0: Oh, yes, absolutely.
1: If you do a Native American garden and you want your students to have the experience of eating fresh corn and your corn doesn't grow, then you might consider that a failure because that part of the learning was not met. And so that's why I encourage the teachers in my school to have a lot of one plant in the garden instead of having these individual school garden themes mm-hmm. I think it's more realistic to plant you know one whole garden with one vegetable like they do in real farms yeah where they plant a lot of something and harvest it it's more realistic than trying to go with these themes they're cute i like them but it's not As realistic as growing, you know, one garden full of one vegetable.
0: You know, as we talked earlier, it makes perfect sense to do it that way. Yes. So what do you consider your biggest success?
1: I would have to say the big success was the Grandparents' Day fundraiser that we had. We raised awareness. We had a gentleman come through who was actually a nurseryman in the city that didn't know we had a garden. We managed to get some donations from him. He donated an entire hydroponic garden to the school. And I don't know if you know what that is.
0: Yeah, but please share.
1: Okay. Hydroponic garden is these pots are on these poles above the ground. It's a vertical garden. They use perlite and coconut in the pots. So that soil will last about five years. And it might get a little compacted. You might have to add a little more, but that soil will last five years. And you can grow vegetables vertically and not have to use the space that you would for a big garden. And it all has a watering system that's timed and everything. Mm -hmm. And so he donated that to the school and the students were able to see two different kinds of gardening, so on the ground and the vertical gardening. Perfect. It was great.
0: Nice. And what drives you?
1: Well, for one thing, I love to plant. My husband and I love to plant. We love to grow things. We have about 45 flower pots in our backyard. We have our own garden at home. And every spring, it's like I have to plant. And so when I can share that passion with the students and the teachers and help them stem a schedule, help them. And it's really pretty easy if you're the director of the garden at your school, you just give them a little nudge like, hey, guys, it's time to plant this, you know, and do I have volunteers? Or the garden needs watering. Who would like to do that? Or fourth grade is moving mulch. Can we get any other grade levels to do that for us? And what drives me is to try to keep the garden going for the kids and for the teachers in the school.
0: Yeah, and it keeps them engaged. Yes, Beautiful. If you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be and why?
1: Okay. So I have a book that really helped me with the square foot gardening because I did not grow up square foot gardening. It Mm -hmm. was new to me, but this book really explains it well and simply. It's called All New Square Foot Gardening by Mel Bartholomew. And the subtitle is Grow More in Less Space. And he lays out very intricately, what you need to do. And he lays it out in a simple manner to where it's easy to do for anyone.
0: Yeah. Mel is a rock star in the growing world and his square foot gardening method is, I think it'll go down in history as one of the best. I agree. What one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners?
1: I would say if you are wanting to start a garden at your school, and I hope some people hearing this will want to do that, just have fun with it. Don't get too many expectations in the first garden. Season, try to encourage your teachers and your students, help them as much as possible, give them links, give them Google examples, and help them as in any way that you can. In school, here I have teachers stop me in the hall all the time asking personal questions about their gardens at home. Oh,
0: nice. And so,
1: and so if they know you're a go to person for the garden, they're going to seek your help and just be willing, be patient, and encourage them to get out in the garden
0: nice nice well thank you so much for joining us on the show today lanita
1: well thank you for having me greg it was a lot of fun
0: you bet and how can our listeners get a hold of you
1: i have an email it's lanita l-a-n-i-t-a Jean. J E A 22 at gmail.com.
0: Perfect. You can find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org forward slash Lanita. We are your urban farming resource. You can find our podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Also visit urbanfarm.org to find articles, podcasts, webinars, courses, and more. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. We want to know what you think about our podcast. You've been listening to me for almost three years now, and I want to hear from you. I have some very specific questions, including what you like about our podcast and where we should be going next. The important part is I really want your opinion. I'm looking to connect with 50 listeners from no more than 10 minutes who are willing to share your thoughts. It's simple to sign up, Go to urbanfarm.org and look at the top menu. Sign up there. I look forward to chatting. I have said it many times. I am a lifelong learner, and I am excited to let you know about a unique, global online event made just for those of us who want to grow our own food. In this four-day online learning opportunity, we hope you enjoyed today's of episode growers, of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen, for tips, share advice acts, and resources, to tools, help you on tools, gadgets, your with and gardening technologies. You can find doing us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send or us a learn an how email to podcast@urbanfarm.org. Well, doing what in the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of medicine. small things brought together. Visit urbanfarm.org or www.gardenhack to register for this free online summit.